will continue to stand with Ukraine with whatever it takes, as long as it takes. Since last year, we've committed over $8 billion in funding assistance. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau paid a surprise visit to Ukraine a few days ago and promised Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky another half a billion dollars in military aid to help fight the Russians. And while Trudeau was in Kyiv, he was enthusiastically welcomed by Ukraine's controversial Deputy Foreign Minister Andrei Melnik, who then tweeted a photo of the pair's handshake. Now, I said Melnik was controversial because although he'd been ambassador to Germany for years, Ukraine fired him last summer and recalled him home after some comments he made about a wartime Ukrainian hero, Stepan Bandera, who he reveres. Historians say Bandera was an extreme right-wing nationalist who vowed to set up an independent Ukraine, and to make that happen, he collaborated with the Nazis. His military units massacred 100,000 Poles and also Jews during the Holocaust. Melnik even once laid flowers at Bandera's grave, and he denied Bandera was responsible for any wartime killings, which makes his views highly problematic in Poland, which gives military aid to Ukraine, and also in Germany, where Holocaust denial is illegal, and Israel has condemned Melnik too. So we asked the Prime Minister's office for a comment about his meeting with Melnik in Ukraine, and here's the reply that we got back, voiced by an actor. The atrocities of the Holocaust can never be forgotten and should never be diminished, not in Canada or anywhere else. Ukraine made its own decisions about its delegation, including regarding the presence of Deputy Foreign Minister Melnik. Our government has and will continue to take historic action to preserve the memory of the Holocaust and combat anti-Semitism, including investing in Holocaust museums across the country, criminalizing the denial of the Holocaust and establishing the role of the Special Envoy on Preserving Holocaust Remembrance and Combating Anti-Semitism. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is What Jewish Canada Sounds Like for Tuesday, June the 20th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Remember earlier this year when the Progressive Conservative Party of Canada had three of its MPs posing for photos with a far-right German politician, Christine Anderson? And remember at the time, Canadian Jewish leaders publicly condemned them for the photo op, and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau did too? But on Trudeau's recent Ukraine trip and his meeting with Melnik, Canadian Jewish organizations aren't commenting at all. No comments from Sija, from B'nai B'rith, from the friends of Simon Wiesenthal. And I also asked the Canadian Society for Yad Vashem for a comment from head office in Jerusalem, and they replied, quote, It's political, and Yad Vashem is not. It's bipartisan, unquote. But the chair of Yad Vashem, Danny Dayan, was actually in Canada while Trudeau was flying to Ukraine. Both men were supposed to attend the official opening of the new Toronto Holocaust Museum. Trudeau didn't. Dayan did. And after the ribbon-cutting, Diane sat down with me for his only Canadian interview, where he was not shying away from criticizing Ukraine's record on dealing with its wartime past, including collaboration with the mass murders of Jews in what's known as the Holocaust by bullets. Here's our interview. Happy to meet you for the CJN Daily. Welcome to the CJN Daily. Thank you for having me. So you've had a whirlwind trip. Maybe before we start, tell me what you were here to do. Uh, I obviously stayed for uh, the grand inauguration of the Toronto Holocaust Museum. So obviously I wouldn't be in any other place than in the Toronto Holocaust Museum this Friday. And, uh, you know, I feel uh, as the chairman of Yad Vashem, 
I feel uh, in some sense as the patriarch of the family of uh, Holocaust institutions and to receive, uh, to welcome a new sibling into the family is something that uh, it's always, always very, very moving. You've seen it now this, with, I guess you had a little tour and you got to see some of the uh, high tech stuff they're doing. What strikes you the most? Look, the, the connection to, to Toronto. I mean, the, the, the connection uh, that is very clear between uh, uh, the Shoah uh, and the reconstruction of lives in Toronto is, is very powerful. Uh, it is done also in a very powerful da- way. It's high-tech, but uh, does not cross the line that uh, some museums, unfortunately, do, do cross between high-tech and, uh, excuse me for using the term, a kind of Shoah Disneyland. Um, so I think it's uh, done uh, with a perfect balance. Did you get by any chance to see the the iPad tour with the of virtual? Course. Okay, okay, so you know about that. Okay, because for our modern kids, that's how they're used to learning is virtual reality. What did you make of what they're doing and, and how effective that will be? Look, Ellen, we are, uh, in a, I want to broaden a little bit the scope. Uh, we are in a watershed moment in Holocaust Remembrance. Uh, we are approaching, unfortunately, but also inevitably, the post-survivors era, the post-witnesses era. And there is nothing as powerful as an actual survivor telling his or her story in person. But uh, I hope it will take still many years, but uh, we know that uh, biology inevitably will do its thing. And... Uh, all of us are preparing uh, ourselves and preparing the world for the post-survival era. And here, as I said, there is a, a, a very delicate balance uh, that you have to be very careful not to cross the red line between uh, uh, doing things that uh, may be manipulated. For instance, if you have a conversation, uh, a so, uh, an apparently free conversation with the Holocaust survivor that is not anymore among uh, living, you can manipulate that. We're talking about AI, for example, and deep for fakes, instance, things like that. Uh, so so we, we believe uh, that the most important, one of the most important things uh, in Holocaust uh, remembrance is accuracy. And the moment you open the door to inaccurate things, uh, you can be blamed of distortion. You don't have any advantage, uh, basically, uh, over, a pers- over a charlatan, over a person that manipulates data. So, you know, for us it's clear that we have to tell the story, to tell the, the chronicles of the Shoah uh, very accurately. In order to do that, by the way, there are two preconditions. We have to continue to gather documentation. You know, we, we, all, ask, we all are in a, in a race against the calendar, in order to gather testimonies from survivors that didn't give their testimony yet. And this is very important, no doubt. But I don't forget, uh, even for one minute, that six million Jews were never able to sit in front of a camera or in front of a mic like we are doing now, or even in sit to sit uh, with their laptops and uh, type or record or film their testimonies. Simply, they, they perished there. So documentation is the testimonies of the six million that did not survive. And it's not less important than the actual testimonies of the survivors. 
And the other thing that we have to continue to invest incessantly is research. Research converts the, docu the documents, the data, into knowledge. Only if you are meticulous and um, you know very careful and uh, 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 very sensitive in, in doc gathering documentation and making uh, valuable research based on that documentation, then the story has value. Let's talk about some of the challenges you have in gathering that data. I know uh, you've spoken about going, um, trying to get files from Russia, which is one of the obstacles you're dealing with now. What progress are you making on any of that? Well, the most important, the, the groundbreaking, the trailblazer uh, achievement we had uh, last year was uh, the opening of the Vatican archives in the relevant era. I traveled to the Vatican. Uh, I had a private audience with Pope Francis in which... But we both are natives of the same city, Buenos Aires. Obviously, we spoke uh, Porteño Spanish, which is the very special uh, dialect of Spanish that uh, uh, those born in Buenos Aires, as Porteños, as they are called, uh, use. And the Pops told me something that I think it was very significant uh, and different from what we heard from predecessors. He said, the Catholic Church is not afraid of history. Go and find whatever is there and publish it, which is very courageous. Uh, but at the same time, we, have, uh, we are very worried about the physical situation in the archives in Ukraine that, you know, at any moment can be set on fire. And uh, unfortunately, even before the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, for some reasons that uh, I cannot explain, we don't have access to the Russian archives. And I know that the, the relationship with Israel and Putin is a bit dicey, of course, because of political issues. So um, what is Yad Vashem doing, at, if anything, at the moment with Russia, or is it all on hold until... Well, we try to... We, we, we make efforts to, to, to get access, but uh, under the current circumstances, it's difficult. You know, many people think that our main problem is Holocaust denial, and it is not. Uh, no serious leader in the world, or journalist, or intellectual, or, or, or influencer will say today, except in the lunatic fringes of the social media, and probably in Tehran, that the Holocaust didn't happen, or that the victims weren't Jews. But we have a very serious problem with distortion, that it has uh, uh, many manifestations. Uh, for instance, in Russia, we see a, a, a withdrawal uh, towards the old um, uh, Soviet way of presenting uh, the Holocaust, that it was uh, against Soviet citizens, even Belarus, that in some sense is a, is a satellite of, 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 of Moscow, uh, they legislated a law that speaks about the, uh, the genocide of the Belarusian people. Uh, in other places, we see uh, the distortion that uh, uh, claims that, uh, yes, there was an Holocaust and it was against Jews, but uh, our countrymen, many governments say, were all of them righteous among the nations. Now, but no, no collaboration whatsoever with the Nazis, which you know, of course, that is a fallacy. Uh, we see it in Poland, uh, we see it uh, even, you know, President Zelensky. Uh, President Zelensky, at his speech in the Knesset via Zoom, uh, his last paragraph, his last sentence was that Israel should assist the Ukrainian people like the Ukrainian assisted the Jews during the Shoah, which, believe me, he doesn't want that uh, because uh, there was widespread collaboration. Many Ukrainians were 
staffing the extermination right. camps. I mean, this is the issue. You raised Poland. We had an issue in Canada just last week when Professor Grabowski, John Grabowski, of course, was, was intimidated in Poland. You spoke up very strongly for that. But the Holocaust Museum here has a section where it talks about other genocides. I don't know if you saw it specifically. So First Nations and Sinti Roma and what other um, traumas were happening. How does Yad Vashem view that way of teaching Holocaust? It's not an equivalency because that's not true. They would never do that. But you know what I mean? I know exactly. How do you feel about that? I know exactly what you mean. It's controversial. No, I don't think it's controversial. I think we respect the decision of of many Holocaust museums to include also uh, other genocides. Uh, As long as uh, we remember that the Shoah is unique, Uh, the characteristics that the Shoah uh, has uh, are different from the characteristics of any other genocide. It's uh, to the last Jew, uh, the totality, the fact that it was even counterproductive to the military uh, uh, interests of, of Germany, of Nazi Germany. You know, they continue to divert efforts in exterminating Jews even when they, ne- when they needed those efforts in order to win the war or to, to counterattack the, the Allied forces. So uh, uh, the, the Holocaust is not, uh, uh, is different to all of others. There is a academic argument whether the Holocaust is uh, uh, unprecedented or unique. Uh, unprecedented, no doubt. There was no precedent to the unique means that it will not never happen again, and we don't know if it never happened again, something like that. Now to your question regarding Yad Vashem. We made a strategic decision. We made a very clear strategic decision, and it has its costs. We decided that six million Jews that were exterminated in the Shoah deserve an institution that is exclusively committed to their memory. So you will not see, we will assist, we did assist, for instance, Rwanda in establishing a memorial in Kigali. But we will not exhibit in Yad Vashem an exhibition about the uh, genocide in Rwanda. Have you met any Canadian government officials and have you had any messages for Canada's government in terms of what they're needing to do? No, no not during this visit or my previous visit. I assume that in the future I will visit Ottawa and have discussions with Because, you know, last year they outlawed Holocaust uh, denial, denigration, and they made the symbols illegal for display. You are aware of that and IRA and all that. You know, uh, one of my formative experiences uh, uh, was when I was a consul general to New York and, and, and was the march in, Charles, in, in Charlottesville displaying Nazi flags in, in most countries of the world, in most democratic countries of the world, that would be not only morally despicable but also criminally punishable, not in America because of the First Amendment. So uh, I, I don't want to make, uh, uh, to, you know, to in, interfere in constitutional issues of the United States, even then, though I am not a diplomat uh, anymore, but it's troublesome. I will tell you, in an, um, a lot of leaders, political leaders, educational leaders, and uh, journalists come to Yad Vashem and they sign the book of guests and, and they write never again. And there is the difference between saying or writing never again as a shallow cliché or writing never again and, to, and meaning it is an action policy. And uh, I hope, I hope that the authorities here uh, will, uh, will stand behind those words uh, with a 
with a substantive aggressive, yes, I will use the word aggressive policy of combating anti-Semitism in all its forms. I want to make it clear, we are not in, we, we see anti-Semitism rising, but we are not in Germany of the 1930s. In no place in the world uh, we are in uh, anything similar to Germany of the 1930s. But the difference between our contemporary generation, Jewish and non-Jewish, and the generation of the 1930s, Jewish and non-Jewish, is that uh, we have the experience they didn't have. We know it can happen. We don't have the luxury of saying, no, it can't happen. It's too exaggerated to think that's something that, that can happen. If it happened once in the heart of Europe, probably in the most civilized nation in Europe, the most culturally advanced country in Europe, it can happen everywhere and always. So we don't have the privilege of saying uh, uh, it's, it's alarmist. Uh, uh, when you say never again, never is now. Because anti-Semitism should be confronted vigorously, forcefully, with determination and defeated. The most important thing is to defeat it when it has a, a small magnitudes, when it starts. Later it, become, it can become uh, monstrous dimensions that you can't really. You pay an enormous price in order to defeat. Is there any Holocaust story in your own family? You're from Argentina, but how did they get there? Well, you know, uh, me for asking. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's very good. Uh, my, my, my family, uh, my paternal family, comes from Ukraine, um, and basically, I, I I exist thanks to Ukrainian anti-Semitism because my family emigrated from Ukraine in the early 1920s because of the pogroms there that we tend to forget that killed 50,000 Jews. Uh, later came the Shoah, so 50,000 seems as the footnote in history, but it's 50,000 Jewish individuals, Jewish souls. So they escaped to Poland for, they were in Poland some seven years, and then part of the family uh, made the Aliyah to Eretz Israel, and part of the family uh, to Argentina, the part that I belonged to, I was born there and made Aliyah much later. Two of uh, my dad's uncles, uh, that uh, waited for uh, certificates, uh, British certificates, to, to enter Palestine uh, and waited and waited to no avail, were killed in, in the town of Varkovich in Poland and were shot in the river uh, when the ghetto was liquidated. So that's my, uh, I, you know, I, I, I never understood why, I knew something vague about why in every branch of, of my family, my, my cousins, always there is a, 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 a Nachman and an Arya. When I grew up, I understood that those were Nachman and Arya Skariton that were shot to death by the Nazis in Varkovich. I also wanted to ask one last thing, and that is about Dara Horn and her book and her, her uh, views about too many Holocaust museums, not enough live celebrating Judaism. Are you, you're aware, of, of course. So um, you're here opening this beautiful museum and Yad Vashem is doing what it's doing. How do you answer those questions about the most effective tool to combating anti-Semitism? I will tell you more than that. Uh, uh, Holocaust education is not the, the cure for anti-Semitism alone, but it's an integral part of the, uh, the, the, the myriad of methods that we should use in order to uh, combat anti-Semitism. I don't see a way uh, to combat anti-Semitism that does not include 
deep Holocaust education, obviously not uh, only to Jews, but uh, uh, to the entire society. I was in Germany for the first time in my life recently. I made uh, a pledge never to visit Germany, but as chairman of the Avdashem, I thought that it is important that I visit Germany. And in my talks with the Chancellor there, with the Prime Minister Olaf Scholz, I told him that uh, his commitment uh, to, to fight anti-Semitism is remarkable. But the big question is whether it trickles down to the entire society, including, and I know that I, have, I should be very careful here not to cross a politically incorrect line, including the new Germans, those that their grandparents weren't in Germany or in Europe uh, during the Shoah. And I believe that he agreed with me that, uh, for instance, with German citizenship comes the responsibility. And we are very adamant in demanding that uh, from, all, from all governments, from all educators, from all countries. My last question, is there, I don't even know if you can answer this, is there your favorite place, or what is your most favorite place to be in, at Yad Vashem, the most meaningful to you? I believe that uh, Holocaust Remembrance is comprised of, composed of four pillars. The first is mourning, the second is knowing, the third is feeling, and the fourth is learning. I think that nothing is comparable in the feeling section to the children memorial in Yad Vashem. Uh, that you walk in the dark with a single candle that is mirrored thousands of times, and you incessantly hear the names and the ages of uh, children uh, that were murdered in the Shoah in three languages, in Hebrew, in English, in Yiddish. Um, look, I have been through... Uh, the memorial uh, hundreds of times uh, with dignitaries and alone and uh, you never can live with uh, dry eyes and that's all for now thank you very much for being on the CJN Daily thank you Ellen that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia integrity, community, quality and customer care special thanks to Mark Kingstone for the voice acting Today's listener shout-out goes to Professor Adam Dodek of Ottawa. And we'll end with a bit of an update on a story we brought you last week about the live play about Christy Pitts and the riots, where some high school students who attended reported to us that the Israeli flag in their school had been torn on purpose recently. Well, the Peel School Board says it's investigated the incident that happened at a cultural unity festival at the Port Credit Secondary School in early May. A letter was sent out saying there is no tolerance for anti-Semitism, but officials won't show us the letter. They won't comment on specifics of how the incident ended. A spokesperson for the board tells the CJN in an email that, quote, responsive action has been taken and it's activated the board's equity team and the communications team to, quote, strengthen their professional learning, unquote. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.